I I have gotten away with saying here that I I wouldn't say in Utah, but like a homeless guy that was sitting outside the the Circle K, and every time I passed him, literally every time, like twenty times in a row, whether I was going into or out of the store, he sat outside the door, and every time someone opened the door, he said, "Buy me a beer." You got a cigarette? Buy me a beer. Can you give me a drink? Because they won't let him in because he's been caught shoplifting. So he's not allowed inside the store. So now he sits out the store and begs people or just demands that people buy him. And so Mm -hmm. finally, I was just like, listen, man, I work here. All the people that go inside in and out of that door right there, which is a side door that we're working in. So anybody who comes in and out of there is working. So... I'm not going to tell you where you can and can't stand. I'm not going to tell you who you can and can't talk to about getting you stuff, but it is a waste of my time and a waste of yours to ask us anybody who comes out of that door because nobody's getting you anything who comes in and out of that door. Just not going to happen. And he just kind of looked at me. Word. Hello and welcome. Do a do a Rick and Morty intro. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Cold Bowl Podcast. This is Jake, and I'm here with my cold bros. What's up, guys? What's Jake? up, Jake? Jake, back. is that you? I'm back, Jake Jifford. I'm, I'm back, bitches. Um, it's been a while, like Brittany. It's Brittany, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> That was the best. That was the best intro for Michael Scott that he could ever have when he showed up in his Sebring with with the top down. I don't think I've seen this. Oh. I think it's like the 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 beginning of season three or something like that. I can't. It's a season opener for sure. Yeah. Oh man. That's, anyway, um, Jake's good to have you back, dude. How's uh how's things? Things are good. It's hot. It's hot. It's Phoenix and it's freaking hot. It's 112. It was 112 degrees at one point last week. But then I've turned into that Phoenix where this morning I checked my weather app to see what the weather was going to be. And (laughs) it said it wasn't going to break. All I saw was the first number was nine and it was only two numbers. So I was like, yeah, I'm wearing jeans to work today. Oh geez. <laughs> I was like, man, if it's not gonna be if it's not even gonna break a hundred, might as well wear jeans. And so I did, and I felt great all day today. It was 98 degrees, and I was working outside part of the time, and I felt great. And I'm that guy now. Dude, you're acclimating. So it's hot it's hot in Phoenix and smoky in Utah. So, you know, you know what I Morgan <laughs> so Morgan and I were laughing at. On Saturday, we went to a theater, and as we were driving through Phoenix, there was, it, that's the day that it was 112. So it's 112 degrees outside. We're driving through Phoenix, and there's a guy walking down the street with a hoodie on and a hood up over his head. And I looked at him and I pointed at him and I said, Morgan, that guy right there is the same guy that when you go to college in Utah and 
in the middle of the winter, you see him walking around with shorts and flip-flops on, and he goes, I don't feel the cold. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't get cold for me. I'm, I'm, I grew up in Wisconsin. This isn't cold. And that's the same guy goes to Arizona in 112-degree heat and puts on blue jeans and a hoodie. What's up? I think I interrupted one of you. Uh, I was just going to say we have a few uh, housekeeping announcements. Uh, mainly being one, we launched our Discord. <laughs> Not now, damn it. Uh, one being we launched our Discord. Two being that we are going to be starting a text adventure. How do, how do you word this, Scott? It's a D&D. It's, um, it's called, I think it's uh, Play by Post. So it's PBP. You can Google it, I guess. Um it, it's a it's one way to play to play Dungeons and Dragons. I've been doing it with a work group for the past seven months or something like that. We've been it's on hiatus for, for a couple months. Oh, never it's mind. all the, online the, and it's all through like chat based, right? Yeah, it's all it's all like asynchronous all so it's like in just in our work slack we have a, a channel for Dungeon and Dra- for the, the campaign. And uh yeah, it's great. I, I really like it because um like i've been working on it especially with the podcast but i i stumble over my words and i'm not super great like thinking of things <laughs> on my feet and stuff uh and you can kind of tell right now um anyway I'm not very it's, it's nice to have it's nice to have be able to like write it out like a paragraph and like um it feels it feels a m- much more like like just writing and and creative writing which i love so um it's, it's pretty fun my first thought when you said that was as a dm how nice it would be to be able to like look up the rules take it back <laughs> sit back and take a second before responding to whatever it is that Push whatever backspace on something thing. i said right some crazy thing that your player did so you, you, now you can take a second to internalize it and try and you, you obviously want to be as as free-flowing as possible but yeah you don't but get um back as much and and my feelings on it are that it doesn't necessarily replace like the itch for D and D. It it it's it comes pretty close and it's fun in its own way, but it's separate from in person D and D. So I wouldn't look at it as a replacement. Um, it's like so like better than in no person, D&D. and then on Zoom, and then and then text based. Actually, text based and on Zoom are probably about the same in my in my eyes, just because really? because of the benefits you get from text version. It, it's uh i think it it brings it up to almost that level um is it but there's but, nothing uh, that beats being in a room with people oh no no they're, they're both like a, a cl- like a, a a distant second place like ties is there's like there's just something... as exciting as like a normal like because i can imagine you're in the middle of a heated battle and then somebody doesn't respond for a day or yeah. two does it that can be rough yes Yes. Uh, um. And and I think it, it what it does what what it takes is for the DM to to establish rules that are clearly stated that like, um, you have so much time to respond. You have so much time, and like, and skip. everyone has to be everyone has to be willing to be skipped at some point if 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 the story needs to progress and they're not going to participate. Like, there it has to be set up in a way that you're not going to like hurt feelings if you're going to progress the story without them. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it actually hasn't been too bad of a problem. 
especially because it's like like with regular D it's like whatever two weeks you get together and do it like mm-hmm. one week at very best um everyone every week and so Man, this, this is, it could be happening income. all day this could be happening all, all day and it's like it, it's just how, however much you want to be a um like ignore work and stuff <laughs> and i think you'd be but, shocked um, by how quickly i'd respond to these things I, i'd respond in the middle of a meeting yeah oh yeah so, and, and i know like i'll i'll be in the middle of a meeting with like there, there's a guy that's like pretty high up in the company that's that's in the in the group and like we'll be in the middle of like this big meeting and he we're like <laughs> we're like talking to each other as characters while <laughs> it's funny so speaking of DM making rules, Scott, you're going to DM, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this is. Uh, I know you guys have been trying to get me to DM for a while. Um, I'm like, been the only two being willing to do it. <laughs> well, like just thinking about it, like makes my palms sweaty. Mom spaghetti. It's like it's I, bad. That, that's normal. That, I know, I, but I feel that way every time. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and I think this is this is a good, uh, I guess, kind of a, a cheating way to to like just inch towards uh, actual DMing a live session. But yeah, um, so talking now to the to the audience that isn't directly in this meeting with us because we're on Zoom, by would, the way. I would say um, fifth, fifth chair, but fourth but, chair because Troy's not here. But right, right. you know, the, um, the cold bros that are listening. Um, yeah, this is your chance to participate in in our uh, in our world of cold bow. Uh, go on our Instagram, cold bow podcast at cold bow podcast. Uh, right now, we ha- well, you won't be up right now, but um, just shoot us a message. Um, we'll get you on the the Discord server, and um, and we'll figure out a D and D game if you're if you're interested we want to we want to have you on so um right now we're, we're kind of in a place where our audience isn't big enough that it's like overwhelming to, mm-hmm. to do this type of stuff so audience audience is, is small enough that if you're interested hit us up got a lot of ideas as well stuff like yeah. maybe recording reactions to what happened during the game and that can be patreon exclusive stuff like that they're mm-hmm. different things that are being thought through and talked about yeah. and stuff yeah like like get, uh um set like recaps of what's happened mm-hmm. in the in the D exactly. game so far would be awesome yep. um and we have a pretty good digital artist on on the cold Bowl podcast that could do some cool illustrations I his name think. is troy i don't know if you guys have heard of him <laughs> We also have another, we also have multiple artists that we are either related to or know that Mm -hmm. can, that do a lot of good work too. So we'll probably be hitting you up if you can draw. All we need is the fuel for that fire and we're, uh, something to burn. Yes. We're we're, we're like, we're excited. We, We took, we took a long break, but like after last episode, we, uh, we had, we had real a lot of fun recording last episode. Jake wasn't there, and uh, we kind of got off the rails a little bit on that on the subject. Um, but it was really fun hashing through, uh, I guess, more uh, deep subjects. What, what would you call it? More uh, um, taboo. Taboo. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
I know it's a little different from what we usually talk about with less structure and more conversation. And that's, I mean, that, that whole structure has really gotten us excited mm-hmm. and we feel like if there is going to be a cold Bowl podcast, we need to change up our structure uh, because we all kind of got a little bit jaded with the <laughs> really structured voting and all this stuff, which was fun for what it was, but well, we need, we need growth direction. in order to progress. Yep. Yes. And uh, mind you, uh, uh, listeners, we are on Zoom as well. So if we're cutting each other off and being rude, it's because there's a delay somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, this this we're not mad at each other. We all understand. But it's it's hard to get the three of us in the room when one of us lives in a completely different state. <laughs> so, I don't, that, I, that's why we're speaking over each other. Right. All right. Uh, so let's get to let's. Let, what have we been going? What's been going on? Um. So, have you guys seen the Suicide Squad? I have Ooh. not. No, I think you're the only person that I know very well that's seen it. So interesting. So I saw. So give, I give us watched, your spoiler-free review. I actually watched every Harley Quinn movie leading up to it. Hmm. Um. And you don't necessarily have to watch them to uh, in order to understand the the newest one. Um. But I I'm I kind of have mixed emotions on the on the movie and apparently I'm not the only one because a lot of people it, it flopped at the box office it's losing money uh, people are starting to wonder if if the DCEU is even going to go on but there's a lot of factors like obviously COVID and I saw it on HBO Max so I didn't see it in theaters so I helped not for that movie not was, to was it a, an additional fee to watch it on HBO. Mm-mm. No, so they, so make they money don't. They don't do the the Disney thing. Mm-hmm. The thirty dollars. It, it was rated R, so that's one thing that go, that's against it as well. People right. hated the first movie, um, like a lot, and it probably put a bad taste in their mouth. And so they, they had an up, They movie. really had an uphill battle from the yeah. beginning. They, 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 I thought the the marketing was pretty good. It, it, it was, it stood out. Like it, it was think, very. It felt like. What did it feel like? It felt like. Um, what is that video game? The uh, uh, well, it felt like it felt like a video game. In yeah, general. Borderlands. Borderlands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they. I mean, they kind of banked it on like James Gunn's name alone. Mm-hmm. You know, like from the person that brought you Guardians, you know. Um, There's a lot of big names, had, but then he had his issues, and he he got canceled, and then uncanceled, and then he mm-hmm. had, and so the the movie that was just another stumbling block that this movie had going forward. Well, and I and I'm seeing all the people like kind of making every excuse in the world for it, and they're like, "Oh, it was a rated R movie," and you know, it was, he was the second biggest opening on on HBO Max. But you know what the biggest opening on HBO Max is? It's Mortal Kombat, <laughs> which is an R-rated gory action movie. Yeah, it's true. So, like, I, yeah, I think H- HBO HBO is it. sorry. Go ahead. HBO is no HBO is known for their. Uh, or more raunchy content so mm-hmm. it, it, it shouldn't be a factor like you like you can't watch a tv show without it being rated r or whatever mature. I, I think that they they keep making these r-rated harley quinn movies but they kind of market her towards like preteens and kids right like she appeals yes. to like younger people you're and, right there is a dissonance there yeah definitely and and to be honest like 
I I thought I finally saw the first Suicide Squad. Hollywood having cognitive dissonance. That doesn't sound <laughs> right. I mean, I have cognitive dissonance. I'm looking at this guy in this picture here. I'm like, who is this dude? Oh, it's you. Oh, it's me again. It's because you're um, on a Zoom and you can only look at yourself when on Zoom. That's mm-hmm. the <laughs> um, yeah, that's gallery view only, so I can see myself in the big square. <laughs> Sorry, go um, so anyway, I saw all of her movies and to be honest, like they're they're fine. Like the first Suicide Squad, not nearly as bad as I was expecting it to be. And I, I, I explained this to you guys before, but I feel like that movie had bad marketing. Uh, there was the but they had a bad look. People hated the way Jared Leto's Joker looked. Stupid just uh, face tattoos. Yeah, I think honestly it was Jared Leto that that really mm-hmm tank that movie well and like will smith doing his all like let's save the world and like every commercial that he does I, uh, I saw i saw it in the theaters i did not like leto i didn't like jay courtney i didn't like will smith i didn't like seriously dude, the i like o- i like jay courtney in that the only thing that i saw that i actually liked from it was uh harley quinn mm-hmm that was that was like the only thing from the original one that I really liked, but that was a while ago, and I've only seen it the one time. Yeah, so I I kind of feel like people hated that movie before they even saw it. That was like the consensus. Five years later, like it's fine. It's it's nothing amazing, but it's it's like it's not offensive or anything. There's no like 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 we spoke about last week. There's no like agendas with it. It's just a quirky action movie. Uh, that ended with like the Aztec god fighting the Mayan god or whatever. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> so was weird. That was weird. And I thought it was funny. Too <laughs> I've never seen it. And I did. I, I haven't seen it yet. In that, I did not expect those words. And <laughs> they, they're her, like these indestructible gods, and they used a bomb to kill them. They like positioned them over like a military bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and and what's her name? Cara Delevingne gyrating the entire time. Which was awesome. I don't know who that is, but I know what that word means, and so maybe I will watch it. Um, and then I also watched her Birds of Prey. It was actually a lot better than I was expecting. I heard that one had some uh, like had Aquafina was... in it. I love Aquafina. Who doesn't like? I don't think she's like... in that. Is she not? I don't it's think a... so. Am I? If she is, she was unrecognizable. Am I just racist? <laughs> might be. Hey, Jake, Jake, let's 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 stop the Asian hate, okay? <laughs> um. Anyway, the uh, the movie is fine. It actually has decent writing. It had really good action scenes. Like it looked like John Wick stuntman coordinated them. Um, uh, Harley Quinn was actually really cool in that movie. Um, I mean, again, it's like. A six or a seven you know like it's nothing amazing um, but that was like two years ago 2018 mm-hmm. 19 I, I know that it was like around the start of covid so it might have released maybe like a year two years ago right feels um, like a year ago so but it, it wasn't even like uh because it, it's, it's an all-female cast right but it wasn't like they're like oh we're birds of a feather you know and they just like hang out at the beginning like they all naturally like pulp fiction their way together and then they at the very end of the movie is when they finally like, well, let's the enemy of my enemy is a friend, so let's team up for this little bit. It actually flowed together quite nicely. I thought it was really well done. 
Yeah, it's Ali nice. Wong. I'm I'm just racist. <laughs> <laughs> and and she's Aquafina is too. is pretty cool. I like her in literally everything she did. Aquafina. Yeah, I haven't seen her. I haven't seen her in a role that I didn't like. That being said, I haven't seen many of her <laughs> movies, but any role she's I've seen her in, I've loved her. I actually saw an interview with her, uh, and. It's funny when when you hear people talk Hollywood or even like professional wrestling, everything's wrestling to me. But they say Aquafina is a character to whatever her real name. I don't even know her real name. But when she does a movie, she's like, "Okay, now I'm Aquafina." And she like, in her mind, she has to become that person. Really? Yeah. Huh. That that's why she calls herself that because really she's like kind of a quiet, shy person. So it's a way for her to uh, mm-hmm. open up, and it's all it's all D and D. That's actually not a bad idea because, like, the whole um, what is it, the furries or whatever, they do that because they because they feel like they can open up it because they're behind a mask. It's it's an extension of that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So Aquafina is a furry. <laughs> Well, that got away from us a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, what have you guys been up to? We're still in what we've been up to. Uh-huh. So Morgan actually has never seen uh, Breaking Bad. So I've been watching through Breaking right. Bad. Who is your wife her. now? I did get married. Uh, that happened. Oh, you've, you've been up to something. Yeah, that happened just over a week ago. It's Monday night now, and I got married last, so not last Saturday, but the Saturday before. So that was. And fun. you got, you got married to Morgan, but Chris married you. Chris, yeah, Chris, Chris officiated the wedding, and Scott's parents provided the location, or Scott's, not Scott's parents, Scott's in-laws. Scott's parents are my parents, so that like you're been, fighting with your mom and dad, and you don't prefer to them that way. It wasn't mom and dad <laughs> that gave it to me; it was Scott's parents, those jerks. No, no, it was. Uh, we actually were going to get married at my family's cabin, which is way up in the mountains in central Utah, and then it rained for the few days beforehand. So the last, so forty-eight hours before the wedding, we had to reschedule. And redo everything, like try and get the photographer to go somewhere else. And then anyway, it was it was a bit of a frustrating 48 hours. But then we got married. And now we've been married for over a week and it's great. Things are great. There you go. Congrats, dude. Yeah. And so she has never seen Breaking Bad. So we've been watching through that. And she got way into it, like to the point where it was like three weeks ago or four weeks ago on uh, Sunday, we decided we weren't going to do anything. And we literally watched <laughs> 17 episodes. In oh, a row. my goodness. We watched the last four episodes of season two and the entirety of season three. Um, and I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but someone kills someone else. In the final episode of season three, and Morgan was like, I think I need to take a day or two days or maybe a week off just because emotionally that was really hard to see. And I was like, you went through a whole season of <laughs> Breaking Bad in a day. That's a 
anybody who's seen Breaking Bad knows that's an emotional journey to go on. But we we watched the Fly episode, which is a very controversial episode for some reason. But uh, that was fun. So it's been really great to watch through the see the show again and see why everybody hates specific characters. Because like mm-hmm. Skylar White is everybody's least favorite character in like TV history. Everybody hates Skylar White. Uh, Heisenberg, Walter White's wife. She's the worst. Oh, yeah. She's the worst. Everybody can't. Nobody can stand her. And then you read interviews by all the actors and the creators and everybody. And they're like we wrote her to be a very like sympathetic character and you're supposed to agree with her and you're supposed to be on her side. And like <laughs> Je- the guy who played Jesse, um, Aaron Paul was like, mm-hmm. I don't get why people hated her Skylar. Uh, you're supposed to like Skylar. She's supposed to be like the relatable one throughout the entirety of the show. And I was like, Oh man, they did a really bad job writing a relatable character. Cause she <laughs> Like from the very first season, Morgan's looking at me going, Who is this bitch? <laughs> she is the worst. I was like, eh, That just goes to prove when you create something, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Oh, it's like, well, you I have mean, no control over how they, they write her to be sympathetic, but like she's opposing your protagonist, the person that's your focal point. Like, how, how could you not see that happening? And well, and that's the, that's the, I mean, that's what this show. <clears throat> obviously did the best was like the he's doing obje- objectively bad things you look at like uh side. like king killer chronicles like the author's blown away that nobody likes his girl that he made to be perfect and everyone's like no i can't stand her like who yeah. who hurt you why are you why are you writing her this way uh, well like in the first season walter white exp- like doesn't want to get treatment for his cancer and he says I feel trapped and I feel like I haven't been able to make a decision about my life for my life in years. And this is the first time I'm able to make a decision about my life and for my life. And that's Mm -hmm. why I don't want to be to, to seek treatment. And I was like, you had that heartfelt speech and you wonder why people didn't like his wife. Like, (laughs) That, like this huge heartfelt speech about how much he needs to feel that he has control over his life. And it's like, hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- talk about writing a relatable character. That's that like who can't relate to. So she not only opposes not the protagonist, but the protagonist is dying of cancer. And they're still surprised <laughs> that people don't like her. Yeah, it's so weird. It is so weird the fact that people that everybody involved with the show thought that skylar was a sympathetic character anyway that's what i've been doing that's like a huge part of my uh, media consumption in the last month and a half so i've been uh i don't know my media consumption has kind of slowed down a little bit i don't know why but um we have been watching a lot of highlights from the olympics my kids have really enjoyed watching all the different crazy sports. <laughs> How so? So the Olympics just wrapped up, by the way. For like, in a, you'll be hearing this in a few days or whenever you listen. But the Olympics just wrapped up. It was fun. How, how great was that uh, Australian swimming lady? Her coach when she won the gold medal, and he lost 
his freaking mind. Did you ever see that video? I, I, I think I saw it. He looked, he looked kind of like, um, oh, who's the actor played Joker. Um, and then died. Phoenix. No, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. He kind of looked like Heath Ledger and the, the lady beat <laughs> the Australian lady beat the American. Who's like the crazy favorite. And yeah. he went around and like, freaking grabbed railings and tried tearing railings out of walls and he was screaming and yelling and like <laughs> while he was trying to while he was shaking one of the railings he starts like air humping and like it, it was the funny I, I'm yeah i watched that race i watched that race but i don't remember watching that reaction it was brilliant it was so funny i'm going to I'll send it to you guys. I, uh, my favorite thing of the Olympics so far have been all the people posing in like anime poses. <laughs> or, like the, or like the guy that did the meme when he bit his bronze medal. Oh man, that was awesome. his girlfriend. Dude, he became the meme. That was the best. There was like the guy that won gold and he did like the salute that they do in Attack on Titan. Oh yeah, where he like goes down on one knee and like puts his fist like, on the ground yeah, like this or something yeah no the guy that put his fist on the ground was luffy he, he did uh, <laughs> one piece one piece that was the one <laughs> <clears throat> it just makes me happy that we have a an olympics full of like weebos <laughs> <laughs> well dude it's really interesting to see like skateboarders in the olympics and like that whole culture around skateboarding in the olympics What's weird is and all like the sports. 14-year-old girls are winning gold. All the sports that are being removed in to make room for other weird sports. Like, they're taking baseball and softball out of the Olympics and replacing it with breakdancing. Are you serious? 100%. Breakdancing is more of a in, sport than speedwalking. In three years, I don't know where that's gonna be, but in three it, years, Chris, it, it's going to be break dancing instead of baseball. Chris, as a naturally gifted speedwalker, I take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm naturally gifted at sweating, it doesn't mean I should win a medal for it. <laughs> so, we have an idea about uh, an episode today. <laughs> um, there, I don't know how close y'all have been following the news, but um, the Marvel released, there's a pandemic. <laughs> Marvel released I, a movie recently called Black Widow, and it's starring Scarlett Johansson, who is the eponymous role of Black Widow. Um, you say hippopotamus? Eponymous. Um, Titular, if you will. Uh, Titular, I know. Eponymous. She is a uh, Scarlett Johansson came to an agreement with Disney that they would much of her pay for this movie would come as what's called back end points, which is a percentage of the box office take you you get to keep. So. Actors do this all the time, especially if they're in a series, then the like the later movies in the series 
the actors know that it's going to be popular or whatever, make money. So they say, in order for you to have enough money to hire other actors or whatever, I'll take back end points. So I'll forego taking payment now and then get paid probably way more later, as long as this movie makes money. Right. Well, through the, because of the pandemic and COVID and all this different stuff, Disney decided to double release the movie on both in theaters and on Disney plus, and then told Scarlett Johansson, uh, we will restructure your contract uh, in the future so that we can make sure you get compensated because if it's going to be released on Disney plus, you're not going to get paid as much. So they said, call us when the release date gets closer. Uh, She called, she called, she called, she called. They ghosted her. Not only the, not only all this, but it was supposed to be released over a year ago. Yes. And so, so it, it like it lost a lot of steam during the pandemic, and yeah. It, it so just... whatever whatever momentum it did have that she could have made money off of, it didn't make that money. And then they dual released it, which means it. I mean, the box office numbers for Black Widow are in the hole. They are so bad. So she is claiming to have lost something like $50 million, which seems super high to me, but also she, uh, she got the, she got 20 million up front, right? Something or like as a base. And then, so now she's filing suit against Disney saying that they came to an agreement and now they're reneging on the agreement and she has taken financial harm for that. So she's filing suit Disney responded with a wild response about how she's trying to take advantage of a pandemic. Yeah, they they tried to go with the moral high ground. It does not work when you're an entity like huge. Uh, So, yeah, that whole situation is what's going on now. And uh, Chris was talking to us about how he he's like, I think we should we should have a discussion about this. So that was my background into what happened. From what I heard, she didn't know that they were going to release on Disney plus. Like they never told her that. Well, yeah. How could she have known when the, 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 the contract was done probably before production started. And so, which was likely in 2019. Right. And so upon, and uh, really quick too, like the, the way that, actors get paid for a movie role is their agent will usually usually negotiate with a producer right mm-hmm. like for example um like chris hemsworth got was the highest paid actor in avengers endgame he got he made more than robert downey jr and chris evans notoriously takes a lesser cut than the rest of them even though captain america has slowly been become higher and higher as like the focal point of the whole series right mm-hmm. so it's like I, I believe one of the event like the first avengers he made like two hundred thousand, and robert downey jr got paid like 20 million but so, was that was that like altruistically or is it just like he's just not he's just getting the i, I just don't the, think that at the time he the wasn't stick. like uh because that was his like the first avengers was his second uh marvel movie so uh-huh. I, I think that's really all the agent could get him, 
but he was mm. still under contract. Oof. Okay. What's that? Technically, it was his fourth Marvel movie, but yes. <laughs> For well, the first, he, he was the second M- second MCU movie. All right. <laughs> he was in two Fantastic Four movies. That's before. right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> so if anything, those worked against him. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Like, good for him because he's he's kind of acted his way away. People, I forgot about that. People forget <laughs> about that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he had he had a really good job as Cap. So yeah, good for him. He did him. a great job. Yeah. But anyway, the point being is that uh, Scarlett Johansson's agent negotiated a price for her to get a percentage of how much the movie makes. And this was done probably before COVID. And but, but how much the movie makes strictly in the box office. Correct. Right? Correct. So, and that's usually the smarter way to go. So you, you get a percentage of the sales. And I mean, usually For a these movies make movie, a billion dollars. Exactly. For a Marvel movie, you're you're printing your own money if you're taking back in. The, the, the best example of... Sorry. The best example of this is... Uh, Sean, what Sean Connery could have gotten if he would have taken the role of Gandalf. Um, oh, really? He had he they offered him a back end percentage of Lord of the Rings, which would have been like. I mean, he's still making money at this. Yeah. Point. Oh, the, yeah. It's ridiculous how much he could have made, but he just didn't understand. The, he's like, I don't get it. It was over his head. I, I can't <laughs> anyway. even picture him in that role. So that seems like right? weird I, to me. I, Ever, that's unanimously agreed that yeah the the bullets were dodged there yeah probably um so anyway um i've heard a few I'm, people i am 100% in scarlett johansson's corner on this one though uh yeah yeah definitely i i am too to uh to to make my stance clear um <clears throat> i feel like her being like the the main character of this movie i i feel like this movie came out uh too late it's like, it feels like too little too late um but and people have asked me too because last week i kind of crapped on the movie but the, the movie's fine like it's it's not marvel's best it's certainly not their worst it's nowhere near their worst um so i like i would i'm like this movie is like oh uh, in the good camp of mine i guess i give it like a a certified fresh score like uh, I, I I've, I've said this, it. that it's dead in the middle, right? Like middle of the road, fine Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her being, well, obviously Scarlett Johansson's a female. So her being a female, I feel like she should be paid the same as her male counterparts, especially if she's going to be the head of this movie, the lead, uh, her name alone is like drawing the movie and obviously marvel's name um but i've always thought that they they should be paid adequately and if they don't it's because their agents couldn't negotiate a good deal for them has nothing to do with them like taking less because of gender or race or whatever but anyway with that being said i 100 percent think that she should have that she, she got screwed they screwed her over really bad it's- and i've seen people defend disney because like there are some crazies out there like remember when remember when disney lost spider-man because they got greedy and they like staged a riot to get these crazy fans to come and support disney when they were the ones that were being selfish 
yes. bit off more than they could chew. This is kind of the same thing. Uh-huh. It's all about optics. Um, but I guess I'll play the devil's advocate a little bit here. Um, not that I necessarily side with Disney, but so fr- from Disney's point of view, um, they, I mean, they invested in a movie for a, uh, I mean, she's not like, she, she is one of the, the, like the main Avengers. Anyway, it's, um, they, they invested in a movie. Um, they had plans like the, the, ever like the, the contract, they, they didn't go into the contract, um, <clears throat> planning on, on, uh, altering it at all. And they didn't even alter it. The kind yeah, I guess they did alter it, I but, um, Anyway, so I'm I'm just kind of putting my thoughts together here. Um, so they th- th- then the pandemic happened. They, they weren't able to get a return on their investment. I'm sure all of their other investments are all tanking. Like they 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 scrambled to get um, to get Disney Plus online during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, which which I'm sure sh- saved their bottom line, if at all. And so everyone's taking a hit. Um, they finally released the movie. They still pay her the the base twenty million, um, even though the the box office, the, like the um, the viewership of the movie is down. It isn't very good. But they like she gets the base pay. She gets, and then, um, yeah. I mean that's that's basically their argument is that. Mm-hmm. That everyone's taking a hit, um, including them. I'm sure. I'm sure they took a took a bath on this movie. Um, they're, they're, so, they've lost three billion dollars. So just, just it, in this year alone. The hardest. Like, the, well, okay. So the hardest part with Disney is like they have so many money making arms to, mm-hmm. and like they're by far, by far their biggest money making arm is their parks, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Disney World and Disneyland yeah. both closed. I mean, I have zero. I have zero sympathy for the corporation that is Disney. Like, but like lo- looking at it from their financial perspective, and and maybe maybe th- that's the problem here is that everything is so cut and dry business. Mm-hmm. Like, um, bottom line, everything's about the bottom line. Um, but they do have to make money to continue making movies. Um, so okay. So, so my response to that would be yes you she is she's she she she's making a percentage and so she's making a per, she's not she's not agreeing to pay any of the percentage of the loss if the movie makes a loss mm-hmm. uh but she's also so she's and so if the movie doesn't make a very good make very good money she's not going to make very good money that's the risk you take when you sign yeah if if, if 20 people go see the movie she gets one ticket's worth of money from it so like or however whatever the the percentage the percentage is still the same yeah right now the issue is that the in the contract most contracts have like something called a force majeure uh statement in it which is like an act of God can invalidate this contract, basically. Like a global pandemic. 
exactly. And so it's like it's like a contractor saying, "Oh, you, I will build this for you." But there's a force majeure thing in there saying that if there's an earthquake that swallows my shop, I don't have to perform the service for you. Whatever. Uh, and so the fact that that that's not in there or that the fact that like she she had a a contract and i i would love to see what the terms of the contract are what what it states and that that's um, the whole thing is like contract in the in the um realm of of social media outrage outweighs what an actual contract says anyway and so it's like that, that's what's so hard is, is when it gets when it hits like the presses and and like it's all over twitter it doesn't matter what's in the contract if people are riled up against a certain thing it, it well, doesn't yeah, matter the, the contract is evil to begin with that's the whole point of social justice right is mm-hmm. social justice set doesn't need there's no burden of proof for social justice there's no mm-hmm. anything like that which makes it which is what makes it dangerous but the idea of it i guess is that it it forces people to do the right thing regardless of if it's legal or not that's um, the idea yeah. but the the problem is then like what what is right and who's the arbiter of quote unquote right um but us we are uh, <laughs> uh but like i i mean come on so they, it made 360 million worldwide domestically like just in the u.s it's the highest grossing movie 2021 so far um it's made 360 million worldwide it's still behind godzilla versus kong and fast furious 9 um but so that 360 that's already been made you know like that's that's money that was made in the box office despite them going on on disney plus but so that money's already been made. That's just in a Disney's executive pocket now. They are using that money to cover their losses from the theme parks that they've been paying to keep open and operational, even though no one's going, into other failed movies like Ray of the Last Dragon or whatever. So they're using Scarlet's money to cover their losses or to line their own pockets. So the money's already been made. It should have gone to her. She's not responsible for Disney's losses. Is it not going to her? Is she not being paid? So she was supposed to get paid a percentage, right? Yeah. But per- so, yeah, percentage of box office. Right. But obviously, I mean, in this movie, they said, here's a new Black Widow. They've already kicked her to the curb. They, they yeah. don't care if they burn that bridge. Yep. You know what so, I mean? But are they are they paying her the percentage? It's because my, they're, my they're paying her is- a percentage on the domestic, not on the worldwide. Mm. So, so, so my, my thing is where I think they are wrong and should. Th- th- there's a couple way- reasons why Disney is in the wrong. One is that they they should have renegotiated the contract during the pandemic when they were when the, like they they never answered her phone calls and that's and that's the accusation. And if um, they made money off of Disney Plus, she should get a cut of that. that I don't that's the other, how that, that exactly. Works. That, that oh. should have been part of the renegotiation. Sorry, I was, cut you off. Scott. Because, was because they, uh, yeah. So that, that should have been part of the reno- renegotiation because they charge thirty dollars to watch it additionally on top of your fifteen dollar a month bingo uh, uh, and subscription. That, and none of that is going to her, I'm sure. 
because no, that's, that's, not that's a, exactly right. Because that, because I guarantee you it wasn't in the contract because they didn't even know that was going to be a thing. So, so and yeah, she didn't know that there was going to be two streams of, of, uh, of revenue, uh, revenue for it. And she's only, she's only contracted to one of the streams that that's suffering right now. So, and, and really only part of that stream because she's only, yes, yes. Domestic part. Domestic. Yeah. And, and this is not, and if that's part of the contract, that's part of the contract. But the, the point is, is that it should have been renegotiated during the pandemic. During, yeah. When things change, when they push, when they push a release date out a year because of a pandemic. You have to, I mean, that's, that's like the definition of force majeure. Like, it, yes. come on. Um, and the, the other thing, and it has nothing to do with Scarlett Johansson or anything, but the fact that Disney charges monthly fees for disney plus and then an additional 30 dollars to watch their movie is kind of insane considering every other studio out there that does the double release like is it universal that does on no universal would be peacock right anyway max is simultaneous release and they don't charge for it hbo max and netflix netflix has done it netflix they would never charge you anyway they don't but disney feels like they can charge the extra $30. And Dude, so- Disney's the apple of of <laughs> entertainment and so like people are willing to pay. P- p- people pay for it. Can I, I guess- just say too that their premier access is super misleading because my brother purchased Cruella thinking he was buying into every premier access movie and that's Oof. not the case. You have to buy every each movie one, at $30. Each one. No, 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 yeah, my father-in-law bought uh, Mulan and he bought Cruella and he bought the uh, Raya and he bought like all these ones that have come out recently. I'm sure that but, they just figured the price of two ticket, the average price of two tickets to a movie. And that's what they caught to, to absolutely. The, so, and, and that, I, that, that, like, that's their prerogative. That's their business plan. Like I, I, I'm, I'm all for them doing that. Figuring it if, out. The, yeah. if that's, if that's, if that's the way they want to do business and people are willing to pay for it, then that's just the, exchange of goods for money like that that's how it works you want to hear Um, something else out though that about this this situation specifically with scarlett johansson mm -hmm. chris brought up cruella yeah i was gonna raise emma stone is suing disney for the exact same reason and they already greenlit cruella too there's no way they're gonna do business with her if she's suing them right i mean who knows (laughs) well look at look at what they did with uh how disney screwed um Robin Williams, mm-hmm. and he never spoke to him again. Never worked for him again. <clears throat> like th- this, this company who makes some of the best and most wonderful movies that have ever been made uh, is some of the most biggest evil geniuses mm-hmm. <laughs> that yes. have ever existed. Well, and, and that, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about too. Is the fact that immediately, um, what's her, uh, Cruella? What's her name again? Emma Stone. Emma Stone immediately um, followed suit is that this is going to set precedent that now all contracts are going to include streaming revenue as well for the movie. And it'll be interesting to, to even to be able to calculate that on, on streaming services that don't charge um, that, that don't charge, but it, it's going to be part of, of contracts going forward. The actors are going to are going to demand it. I've heard recently too, that Emily Blunt might be also, suing for uh for jungle cruise for jungle cruise 
Speaking of, that's the movie I went and, and saw. Those are my three the... wives right there. Like, if I have wives in Hollywood, it's those three. <laughs> Seriously, dude. <laughs> Top of We're the not, list. I'm right team there. them. Yeah, right. <laughs> I went and saw. That's That was the movie I went and saw last. Saturday. Me too. Actually, actually, I have been up to something. I saw that. It was I've good. seen that like five times now. So Leroy, Leroy slept in our bed after watching it. <laughs> he was scared. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of, I don't want to get too much into it, but it reminded me a lot of like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like a yes. dash of pirates, a dash of Jumanji. Yeah. Yep. I bet Dwayne Johnson is sick of being in the jungle. He's like so the rundown Jumanji. Also, Dwayne Johnson, I didn't really buy their romantic chemistry together. No. <laughs> I. <laughs> totally bought their friendly chemistry together. yeah yeah oh but totally. their romantic chemistry i was like nah i don't buy it uh but yeah i love the movie go see it it's awesome i just saw a quiet place too Ooh, Ooh. that one was a good I one watched that last i haven't seen it yet that one okay and now i'll get into that too that one had a problem with uh letting you breathe <laughs> it it just kept I, I tightening it. it. Oh, I loved it. I but like it just the... kept tightening the clamps and never gave you because a Because they did it simultaneously like... with every scene. So every scene yeah. blent seamlessly transitioned to the next. I, I like the way they did it. I, it, was it was not as good as the first one. No, I kind of have a problem with the way those movies end in general. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's not that's not what we're talking about. Emily Blunt's great. Everything Is I support she, everything I... she does. I truly hope she Seriously. does soon too. I hope everybody does. And I hope that it, it, it turns into, because like uh, almost all artistic uh, pursuit out there is designed to uh, take advantage of the artist and let the person who is the studio or the record label for musicians mm-hmm. or whomever they 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 are the ones that screw over the artist and so the one actually do, doing the creating ends up being the one who gets the short end of the stick and i think i think something that needs to be addressed with this situation is the amount of money that we're talking about it's, it's astronomical um because it's easy to say like she made 20 million on the movie what is she complaining about like and like, how much more does she already have? Like, does she need more than the twenty million they get? That's paid the uh, counter argument. That's I've the, heard against her. That that's the argument. But but really, so so Disney gets the extra fifty million. Like exactly. someone someone's getting the money. And right. You, you'd rather it go They're to not, the evil corporation. The the solution is not that we as customers pay less to see the movie. Exactly. The, the solution like, is we pay the same and Disney gets yeah. the rest of the money. D- D- Disney like, isn't going to pay us back that, that extra money they saved from screwing her, her over. They're, they're keeping it. And they might put it into, into new projects, invest it here or there, which, which can be argued is a, is a good thing, good or bad like, thing, uh, whatever. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, you're, you're talking about the, the person <clears throat> that, that brought it to life versus the corporation that funded it here. getting the money. It's like when it's like when there's a lockout in sports and I've said this before that when there's when millionaires fight with billionaires over how big the slice of the pie is the people who suffer are the thousandaires. It's <laughs> <laughs> me. Me. I'd be, I be I mean on a, a good day. Airs. On a good day I'm a thousandaire. But uh I'm the one who suffers Tw- twice twice a month I'm a thousandaire. <laughs> <laughs> 
I uh, for all of like but, ten seconds until my direct deposits and then my exactly. auto bill pays. But I mean, I'm the one who who doesn't get to watch the sports, or I'm the one who doesn't who gets a doesn't get another Spider Man movie or another uh, Jungle Cruise movie with Emily Blunt. Like I'm the one. Well, well and in this case, they're never working together. They, they've they're cutting ties with uh, with um, Scarlett Johansson. She she's not she's not no longer associated with the MCU. No. And it I seems too that, perfectly lined up too. Like it's like they don't care. Like we got what we wanted out of you. You're too soon, old now. Exactly. It's like they wrung that 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 uh, like they had a a, a homeless dish, man's shirt. A homeless man's shirt. It's like they had a dish towel and they wrung it. And as soon as they got the last drop out, they're like, "All right, you're nothing but trash at this point. That's all you're worth to us." Now we have Florence Pugh or whatever her name is, who I didn't like until this movie i thought she was great in the movie this specific movie but you should watch her in uh wrestling with my family where she plays Paige. oh i thought you were gonna say little women and i was like i didn't take you for a little women guy chris i don't know what that is (laughs) i like big women (laughs) nice (laughs) um but yeah crazy it's crazy this this the fact that, uh, like Scott said, the answer is that Disney just gets to keep the money is insane. Like their their smear smear campaign is BS. It's so saying gross. that she's trying to take advantage of a pen. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, absolutely. They're char- charging absolutely thirty charging thirty dollars to watch a movie. It reminds me of like Kobe Bryant's the case that he had against the person that he assaulted. They just tried to paint her as the the attacker. That that's it's what insane. Disney Disney's the attacker. For real, yeah. it's so crazy. It the fact that they feel like they have any moral leg to stand on is bonkers. Well, it, and, and exactly, and even if she did, even if she is taking quote unquote taking advantage of a pandemic, like you can't point the finger at that and not realize how hypocritical you sound even even if it's true it it like it's so ridiculous you said it scott they they are charging people 30 dollars to watch a movie because those people are afraid to go out to a theater yeah and the theater would typically get that get a cut of that the um the production Mm -hmm. company gets a cut of that the actors get a cut of that the directors whoever made back-end deals like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh pieces to that pie and when they charge 30 dollars when they yeah who gets to cut that thirty dollars disney 100 percent. so they're there if anything they're um set up for the future because mm-hmm. this isn't going away dual releases aren't going away now that they've now that they've got seen that the the pie can be 100 percent theirs but it won't it's be. not going away there's too many lawsuits and there's not enough actors well, well, that, well that, that's for the creatives something. that's for the creatives the the um the movie house the um theaters aren't getting a cut anymore the um and and all that overhead so so that's a piece of the pie that will always be with the production i really hope we go back i really hope we go back to just straight theater and it's not going to happen but nothing's going back i really want us to go back to straight theater well with how bad like suicide squad bombed i can't i can't see them not doing that like they're losing everyone's losing money the amount of money they're making before yeah. It, it's either I, never going to happen again 
or they're going to have to release in the theaters only. And they're yeah, going to have to play nice with the theaters. If they unlike can't make it before. work. Mm-hmm. If they can't make it work somehow with marketing and getting people to watch it to pay $30, like you're right. That maybe I'd, I don't know. Who knows? Of all the industries. Because, because they have, they have dollar signs in their eyes looking at that, that, uh, the streaming money that they could get from it. They're the only ones doing it too. Yeah. Well, of all the industries crazily affected by the pandemic, the film industry is the craziest. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. And I have empathy for them in that this has never happened before. And nobody knows, nobody knows what they're doing. Like, it's not ju- like we don't we've never done this before so we have no idea what's going on but that is no excuse to treat your I mean Scarlett Johansson has been with Marvel since Captain America 2 uh Iron Man 2 or that's what I meant Iron Man 2 so Iron Man 2 is when she was introduced 2010 yeah right 2010 yeah wasn't it 2010 yeah and she's been with them and she's been a major part of, of the MCU since then. And she's been like one of, that's been the, 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 the movie that they've been talking, at least fans have been talking about a standalone movie of hers since Marvel Avengers one in 2012. In in reality, this movie's like six years too late. I, I mean, eight years too late. 2012 is when the first Avengers movie came out. And I remember talking to people about it saying, when is, when is black widow going to get her own? Cause I thought mm-hmm. they were going to do a black widow and, and uh, remember Hawkeye. the rumor was that yeah. Black widow and Hawkeye were supposed to get their Romania their, movie or what? Budapest. Uh, Budapest. Budapest. Yeah. But they never, yeah. but, and so like that was exactly. And that was back in 2012, nine years ago. Dude, don't say, say that. Say that nine years ago. Say that slowly and think about it while you do oh, it. Shut up. Dude, not nine years ago. That's about when the last good comedy movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. Funny enough. Dude, Scott's getting really good at these uh transitions, these segues. So what about right. comedies, guys? What happened with comedies recently? What's going on? Well, that, and we're not talking like funny superhero movies. We're talking comedies. So, so, so what, what? Sorry, go ahead. So, um, I guess to to preface the the what, what I wanted to to talk about here is, I saw this YouTube video um, from. Let me look it up so we can credit the creator that prompted this. It's a YouTuber named Nathan Zed. Um. Nathan Zed. Uh, he has a video called The Death of Comedy Movies. And I think he's a little more alarmist than I than my take is. I've kind of uh, calmed down a little bit on it since introducing the, the idea to you guys. Um, anyway, so his, his whole premise is that um, in the last 10 years um, and really picked up in the last five years is that comedy movies have kind of disappeared. And I guess we need to kind of talk about what makes a comedy movie because there's lots of genres and subgenres. Uh, <clears throat> and what I want to talk about is like pure comedy, like airplane or 
um like Schindler's Anchorman, list. <laughs> Schindler's List, or or Anchorman, or uh, Borat, or something like that. Like Remember. like what, what comedy movies did we grow up in the in the um late nineties, early two thousands? Goonies. What, Goonies. That was the eighties. Tommy, you right? said late nineties, early two thousand, and Jake immediately says Goonies. Eighties. Made nineteen eighty four. Caddyshack. Tommy. Uh, <laughs> Tommy boy. Tommy boy. There, there, there's the um, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's the Adam Sandler stuff. There's so 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 these movies. Dumb and they're dumber. like, like um, what I'm gonna kind of label as zeitgeist movies. Movies that like enter the public um, consciousness of of things. Um, like everyone knows if you say like high five my wife or whatever everyone knows that's borat right mm-hmm. um, it's like part of the zeitgeist uh <clears throat> anchorman entered that there was uh, uh tommy boy obviously did it at least in our world there was um, a five-year period where comedy was just a group of guys sitting around in a circle quoting anchorman to each other yes 100 mm-hmm. percent um it's true that there's um the like Borat. No, sorry, I said Borat. Um, Nacho Libre, Napoleon Dynamite. Though mm-hmm. no, Napoleon Dynamite the, was like left, like out of left field, entered like the stratosphere. The of, Jared Hess movies, yeah, those are. Yes. Napoleon Dynamite's weird to me too because it still feels like it was like a local movie, but that's the rest <laughs> of the world knows about it. Yeah, right. you know I, mean? I know it's like like you hear someone like like. A tier celebrity type, or or mm-hmm. someone that like mentions Napoleon Dynamite, like, oh, you know about that? Like, yes, everyone knows about Napoleon Dynamite. Like, I saw a vote for Pedro shirt in like Mexico, and I was like, what? For real, I live in Phoenix, and people are quoting Napoleon Dynamite, and like, there was this really weird, like, kind of indie type of film back in the day mm-hmm. called Napoleon Dynamite, and I was like, oh, you mean the biggest thing that ever happened to the state of Utah? Oh, I remember. <laughs> um. Anyway, so. So with all of that kind of um, in in play here, along with the fact that like comedy is the most subjective genre <laughs> there is, and it might be I debated. Think, I think in, in by a opinion, long shot, it's the most like, subjective. I think genre. M- maybe maybe horror, but comedy and horror are so connected. In or rom coms, if that you're the Colbo podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're not talking about rom-coms or even like drama comedies, like dramedies, like, like, I guess you could say like 50, 50, once upon a time in Hollywood, that type of like Jojo rabbit. Um, Mm -hmm. we're not talking about those, um, no action comedies. So there's no superhero movies or anything like that. Yeah. No superhero. Although action comedies like, like. Like the other guys would fit, I would think. Well, that's definitely um, an action comedy. Yeah, but but I would call, I would I would still call like, and and that's kind of been the last couple of weeks as I've been thinking about this uh, this topic is uh, I've kind of expanded my definition of what I was thinking a comedy is. Mm-hmm. Um, because well, like, yeah, you and I took that writing class in college. Mm-hmm. and uh our professor talked about like the classical genres there's only three cr- classical genres with drama uh tragedy and comedy 
And the difference is that in a drama, the uh, the arc of the character of the main character starts in a low spot and ends in a high spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a tragedy, he the arc of the main character starts in a high spot, ends in a low spot, and then in a comedy, the there is no arc for the character. The character ends exactly where they began, as far as learning or growing or becoming or good. One of my favorite happening to them. One of my favorite examples of that is the man who knew too little, where like yes. he didn't change one bit. No, he ended the exact same way he started. It's the same with um. Chris, what's your favorite comedy? Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Perfect classic comedy. Yep. That yep. Those two end with them saying, do you realize what you've done? Mm-hmm. And it, they're just as dumb, all. didn't grow at all. And so if you want to go that way, actual comedy is extremely rare. In Not even Nacho Libre then, if you define no, it by that criteria. It's a, it's a, it's a drama with jokes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that like maybe my favorite comedy that's come out in the last 10 years is hunt for the wilder people, which is not a comedy in the right. classical sense of things. That is, but, very- but we're not, we're not, we're not going classical here, but that, was, that, that uh, is, that was interesting submitted to, to by one of our, uh, yes, on Instagram who, who submitted that to us. Hunt for the wilder people was Jesse. Oh yeah. My sister, which came out in 2016. So that, that, that does fall within like the last decade is what we're, we're going with. And um, for for this discussion, Scott, I think you had a good point, too, when you said what well, your example, when you said like Borat, like you said, my wife, you know, like everyone knows what that's from. I don't think I could quote uh, a defining a movie that defines itself as a comedy. I can't quote a comedy that has come out in the last 10 years. Like, I just can't. But I can quote Hunt for the Wilder People. Or anything Taika Waititi does, you know. <laughs> yeah. I can quote Thor Ragnarok. I can quote the Lego Movie, you know. But- you know, you know what I just realized. Hmm. I made a list of my favorite comedies that came out in the last ten years, mm-hmm. and two of them are Taika Waititi movies. Well, yep. Like there's not- a couple people. There's there's a couple people holding the 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 tent up. It, it, it was like like uh, Will Ferrell in the 2000s. That was like, mm-hmm. and and Jack now it's Black a director. And- because mm-hmm. Taika might be the only we we actually had I think it was Jamo who uh, on our Instagram he he submitted um what's the vampire movie called what we, what do, we do in the shadows yeah yeah that's but the then other he also one said on my list. Logan Lucky and Ooh, I love Logan the Nice Lucky. Guys so good but the nice only guys... pure comedy there is what we do in the shadows which is kind of a horror too it's like a comedy horror mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of blood in it the Nice Guys is on my list that one. And that who, one, that's, that's uh, I thought that was Ryan Reynolds. That's Ryan Costling. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is kind of holding comedy at least at least funny funny dramas up. He, he's one that that's that's a kind of a tent pole right now. Or he's doing Deadpool, or Detective Pikachu. Yeah, yeah exactly. But but he's always he's always funny, and so he's really mm-hmm. good at the dramas with jokes. Right. Um. So. Yeah. No, the nice guys was so great though. That but movie. but to your point, I cannot quote or think of anything that has like perpetuated the cultural zeitgeist from a pure comedy. And yeah, even there, there's at, at the risk of think. sounding like uh, pretentious to pure comedies these day and age 
they don't feel like pure comedies anymore. They feel like, like we've said a hundred times, they've got a message. They were, and, and that's to break a stereotype. They're, they're trying. And to. that's almost kind of the, the, the thesis of this, of this argument or this uh, topic is that, is there a, a, an appetite for like true comedies right now? I don't know. Cause I think, um, it's, I think it's evolved. I think it's changed. Like I, I shared a list with you guys from Rotten Tomatoes of the funniest movies the last ten years, and Booksmart was number one. I I've never seen it. I couldn't tell you if it's funny or not, but yeah. it doesn't. I'm not the target audience. It doesn't seem like it's appealing to me. It's got like Jonah Hill's sister in it. You know who you should ask if who? comedies are if there's an appetite for comedies. Ask a director named Todd Phillips. Yeah, he has a he has some. Um, he, what did he say he, on that? Because he, he, he directed, directed Hangover. He directed, he directed yeah. the Joker. Joker. And when they asked, they asked him in an interview about why he changed from such crazy comedies to uh, something as serious and heavy as Joker. And he said, "I can't do comedy. You, you you're not allowed to do comedy anymore. You're not allowed to be funny anymore." Because could Seems you imagine like dramatic though? But do you see? You've seen the movies he's the comedies he's made. Mm-hmm. The Hangover, old school, wouldn't, old school wouldn't last a week in today's climate. It wouldn't happen. So, so I um, think I think honestly, honestly, I think the Hangover might be the last zeitgeist yeah. comedy. So, I, I, so or, that yeah. that was what I was gonna um, ask. So the one that I came up with was actually 2016. Um, which this can be argued, and I kind of want to talk about it. Is Sausage Party? Did that enter okay. the zeitgeist? I, I don't know if it, because I never watched it, and I don't think a lot of people watched it because they knew how crude it was. So um, I, I watched it in I was in college, and all my college buddies watched it, and we kind of we laughed at it, but. It's definitely not on the level of, um, like the Hangover or Anchorman or, I mean, even like Step Brothers or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the close. It, it, it's got the closest. But yeah, and maybe that's kind of what I'm thinking is that it j- it, just in comparison to the rest, it stands out. But it, I don't it think got it, the closest. you're right. I don't think it really. I think it got the closest because of how raunchy it was, but yeah, it, when you exactly. look at that, the, that's 100%. But when you look at the message that it was trying to push, it was actually super preachy, like super. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's about, Seth Rogen lately is, is that way. See, and um, I, I was looking Scott and I was looking for movies that have come out recently that I genuinely thought was funny. Uh, Disaster artist, which is, I can quote disaster artist because it's it's a different movie. It's like a it's a movie about a movie that was made, right? Mm-hmm. And the other one is Game Night with Jason Bateman. Oh, Game Night was mm-hmm. on my list too. Yeah, I, I feel like that that group, Jason Bateman, um, I guess, kind of a Judd Apatow type of group of of uh, actors are kind of moving comedy along, but not nothing that's that's entering zeitgeist level. I, to so... me, the people that have broken the zeitgeist are. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. And that's because every every movie that they do is like perfect. And I'm talking like Lego movie, 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. 
but most recently like spider-man into the spider-verse which is funny mm-hmm. and um mitchell's versus the machines on netflix which is a great great movie yeah that's a good movie but those they can't all be classified as pure comedies but in terms of filmmakers that are consistently funny those are the guys like yeah, those, those are would, the guys that almost at solo because i i the closest movie i would say got closest to zeitgeist is like the grand budapest hotel i don't know if it like that that's a good movie it's, it's not it, but it didn't it didn't break as like it didn't do any of that it got close no. but it's it, it it's so wes anderson-y that <laughs> it it's hard for it to get a and, wide and, that, and that's acceptance. Exactly. And this conversation isn't about our favorite comedies. It's about like the biggest comedies. Yeah, because Wes Anderson or and, and I mean, they got nominated tried, for an they, award, but it's but I, I know what you mean. It's not exactly it, like quoted every day. No, I mean there's I, I, I and they've give you a, a single quote from there it. isn't a group of friends sitting around quoting movies any, like that and laughing. any Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. Nobody's or, and, and and they're they're trying to resurrect like Zoolander two came out. Uh, oh, Borat gross. two. Um, there, there's they're, they're trying to resurrect a lot of these like big movies, but they uh, either it like to Jake's point with um, Phillips, mm-hmm. maybe directors are too scared. Maybe they, they don't want to touch that. Like they, they don't want to get too oh, close. Yeah. To, so to, this is such I, a murky topic know. too because. Like the counter argument is that you should be able to find comedy without treading those lines. And that's, I've heard people say that to Todd Phillips, not, not personally, but like, you know, in interviews and stuff, but like, I mean, I'm not a comedian. I can't go out there and claim like I'm doing it for the comedy, you know, but there should be a way to not offend everybody and still make people laugh. You know what I mean? Eh, but it's going to be offended. They're not going to yeah, be it's memorable. About- it's about be. offending. It's about offending the right people. You're not. You're not going to be memorable if you don't offend someone. But like Shaun of the Dead or like Hot Fuzz, who is that offending? Lots of people. I mean, like I mean, the gore. The gore and stuff re- offends a lot of people. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, okay, yeah, but I, I mean, more like in terms of like a politically skewed movie or something like, like, like they didn't offend. Well, well, yeah, I guess offense. Offense doesn't need to be political. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, it's it's become synonymous <laughs> in our day and age now. But, but I mean, there's there's plenty of raunchy movies being made now, but they all are usually like a like a female cast or something. Like it's it's their turn to be raunchy. Yep. Yeah. That that number one movie on the um on your list. What is it? Booksmart. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that's really raunchy, but it's like raunchy in the right way. Type that of being, thing. What does that yeah. mean? In in the in like the uh, the the current cultural zeitgeist of I guess I'll say it wokeness or whatever it's it's uh, like you said female cast girls being raunchy is is a uh, it's just like bridesmaids yes Bri- bridesmaids even bridesmaids like ten years old now yeah I was know every everything I came up with was ten years old it's crazy. Like even like uh, Twenty One Jump Street, that's nine years old. Like yes. Twenty One Jump Street was twenty twelve. Yep. Um, it's yeah, it's funny how that happens. How that happened about 2010, 2011. 
things just kind of I don't know they got neutered or because mm-hmm. comedians started getting canceled and comedians started feeling the pinch but then I think co- comedians in general just decided not to listen anymore yes and you it was probably it was, it was it was it was during 2020 maybe late 2019 I mean there's been funny comedians just started but they're not doing funny movies Yes, exactly. That, that, and so I'm hoping, I'm hoping stand-up is like what the canary and the coal man, where they're they're the first ones. They're they're testing the waters, and I'm hoping movies will follow. Because there's been some some comedy specials that have been released recently that are insane. The the uh, um, Dave Chappelle is the first one. I Dave, think Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, yeah. Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, and Bill Burr, Andrew Schultz. That they've been releasing these comedy specials that are just so so funny. But and but but the thing is, with, with all three of those examples, is they all have a body of work to fall back on, and they they all have kind of earned in the in the um, society's eyes, they they've all kind of earned the right to to be that to to say the things that they that they're saying. And so it doesn't leave any room for a young comedian or a young Up director or writer to to take those risks. Like like there's there's no room for any any potentially funny movie written by or whatever you know. So but I mean something a, to, to a, new to here's happen. The thing I was thinking is that earlier Scott said these movies aren't being made anymore. You know, like movies that we love from the 80s and 90s or blah blah. But if you were hop on Netflix, they definitely still are being made. They're just not as popular anymore. You know what I mean? And like maybe going, they are. We're just not in high school. Like we're not. Right. We're not hearing about it. So so it may. This may just be like a uh, an exercise. Like we're, we're just like this showing is, our age and how disconnected how old we are. We are. <laughs> we're just disconnected from uh well, from what the zeitgeist actually is <laughs> and i've even heard a few comedians say like if people want to watch something funny they'll get on tiktok they don't watch yeah. funny movies really like the comedy comedy is on their phones i mean com- that's that's also on a, youtube you're right it, it's it's on it's on their phones and like we get our fill of of laughs and it's all short bursts like well like and dumb you jokes s- you said it comedians scott's doing stand-up and i think because any that's where i get my fill of like quote-unquote dangerous humor uh where it like it's more edgy and there's things that are that are not allowed to be said in these movies or whatever that that these directors are saying i i get it through either podcasts i listen to comedian podcasts or i get oh it yeah comedy specials mm-hmm. i think honestly you hit it on the head with podcasts i think that's i think that is um because i asked if there's an appetite in the culture for this and and there is an appetite, obviously, but I think it's being satiated by podcasts and I mean and every, TikTok and Instagram. Every comedian has a podcast, and they're yep. all making so much money off their podcasts. Yes, exactly. It like um, I don't know how much you follow, but like Bert Kreischer was just in Serbia for a month. He he just got done filming his uh, machine. Um, machine story. Um, as a movie with Mark Hamill as his dad of all people 
Um, so wait, are so, we going to so, so, see an actual <laughs> comedy? Soon? I think that, that that's. I mean, there's hope. I mean, it seems like an actual comedy. I don't know if it'll be zeitgeist, but it'll be it'll be funny at, at the very least. I mean, they're not going to hold back. I I brought up Netflix earlier, and I I don't mean to keep hype harping on this too but just looking at the movies that have come out on there recently i actually kind of enjoy those like eurovision i actually oh, really oh I, I didn't mention that one that that one was awesome not and, like uh, guys but i love between loved it. between two ferns the movie that oh was hilarious gosh, that was yeah so that was pretty good um the impractical jokers the movie that's i think that's on netflix that i thought that was really funny and that, that's another group of guys who are kind of like old schlubby brooklyn guys but they're mm-hmm. holding the flag for comedy so I think it's there, but we have so many options that it's just not in the theaters anymore, like the way it used to be. It's moved to TV. TV has, and, or yeah, I've TV just, or your phone. I've just realized it. It's moved to TV because my first thought was like Nick Kroll is the perfect guy to take the torch from Will Ferrell or whomever. Or Chris Kattan because they look just like each other. <laughs> but Nick Kroll does TV stuff. He doesn't do movies. He does. Yep. He does TV and that's where the comedy has moved is to shorter form stuff. Cause, cause then I started thinking like Nick Kroll did the TV show, um, the league, which is all about a fantasy football league. And honestly, that was like the Bible to me for years, for a few years in college, like the, the, the league was the funniest thing that had ever existed. And it was a, it was a few comedians and some uh, independent filmmakers who made this TV show, and I die every time I watch it. It's so funny. Um, but then I started thinking about Nick Kroll again, and he did the. He's got the. What's that animated? Troy loves it. Big mouth. Oh, big, big mouth. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Kroll is um, hilarious. He's so talented. And but then he he teams up with um the other comedian, and they do the oh hello. The old Jewish guys eating too much tuna in a in a diner in <laughs> Brooklyn. Have you not seen this? No. It's um John Mulaney and Nick Kroll dress up as old Jewish guys and they eat they like they play a prank, they play pranks on people. So the people come and sit down at their table and they're like, here, eat this sandwich. And it's a sandwich that's like literally six inches of tuna fish. And they're like, you can't eat that. That's too much tuna. <laughs> I've never seen this, too... but I love it already because it's Dude. Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. Oh, it is. I mean, he, John Mulaney's been canceled, so we're not allowed to like him anymore. What? Is he? What? No, no. Sorry, he didn't get canceled. Sorry, sorry, he wasn't canceled. It's okay. It's okay. He's just a drug addict. Is he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He went to rehab for drugs, but that's okay. It's okay for him to be a drug addict so long as he didn't say anything. Well, are you serious? Is he really like in rehab for drug and that's alcohol sad, abuse? Dude. Yeah. I love who would have thought John Mulaney of all like comedians that, would get that's where addicted every, to heroin. As soon as they said it, everyone was like, Him? John Mulaney? The, you mean okay. not Burt Kreischer? Not Burt Kreischer. <laughs> Burt Kreischer, uh, he's just so overly open about all of his uh, vices. Oh my gosh. I listened to the the new Tom Segura Burt Kreischer podcast today and he overshares. I, I I get uncomfortable and it's like sometimes like even his his not even the the podcast or his Instagram stories it's his specials he's like dude I was like dude just 
He had a special literally called secret time where he would like whisper into the microphone and go secret time. And then he would tell a secret from his family. And it was yeah. like super deep. Like sometimes there were what? silly things, but sometimes there were deep things. I was like, mm, that's spooky that you would say that out loud. Um, yeah. So uh, before we move on, I wanted to say another one of my favorite comedy groups or comedians. Uh, why does kids, you know, did you guys hear about what happened recently? No. So the founder of Whitest Kids You Know, Trevor Moore, uh, passed away two or three days ago. Uh, he was only 41 years old. Um, don't really know. They said it was an accident that happened. But mm. it's uh, definitely kind of breaking news for a lot of people. It's super sad. I'm, me and my brothers were big fans of the show. So, so sorry to bring us down. <laughs> I but I just wanted to acknowledge funny. it because Trevor Moore was hilarious, and it's uh, in the world of comedy there. There's a loss there, and it's really sad. He, he just launched another show with his buddies. Everyone's super sad and kind of sideswiped by it, so it's really, really tragic. Um, so R.I.P. Trevor Moore. We're gonna miss you, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I love, dude. They're. Whitest kids you know their skit on like how English and British were supposed to do warfare in the Civil War was so funny. You're gonna do very poorly in this war. You're doing very poorly. Or the the grapist. Scott, have you ever seen these? Oh, I've seen the grapist for sure. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, those those guys were hilarious. And it's it's just sad because I, I know that they were just getting their feet, their legs, uh their feet underneath their legs again. They're about to start doing something new. And then the the person that started it all just tragically died. Dang. So, it's a bummer. That is a bummer. Um so I don't know. I think the whole direction of comedy is moving away from movies and into television and stand-up specials. Yeah, just just other platforms in general, I think. I think you're oh, right. Oh, yeah. And online, like YouTube. If I want to laugh, I'm going to watch Gus Johnson mm-hmm. on yeah. on YouTube or what's his name? Video Home Game Donkey. TikTok, Video Game Donkey, or like uh, Colin, Colin, your mom, the dude from TikTok. <laughs> that guy Pro kills ZD. me. Yes. Pro ZD is hilarious. Colin, your mom. I seriously, I, I have, I've never watched a video of his that I didn't laugh at. And so, other yeah i think you're right chris i think it's just other formats in general are is where comedy is heading and away from movies because they're just too mm-hmm. well, I, well and I, here I, it you, you can't blame studios either because studios invest so much money into a comedy and if the studio is going to get canceled by twitter because of mm-hmm. a, because of this and they invested so much money into something that's going to get them canceled. I don't know. I, it, it's, I it's know. The, the teetering point of risk and reward and the risk is just too heavy right now. Yeah. Whereas with the TV show, you can just cancel it halfway through and be like, okay, we'll move on. We'll go to something new. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not as expensive to get a pilot out. And we mean literally canceled, not Twitter canceled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they can go hand in hand sometimes. Let's okay. I, I'd rather they don't, but. They can. They, oh yeah, definitely can. Just ask Gina yeah. Carano. <laughs> yeah, right. So I think that's the because I didn't know the the 
the point of this uh, topic, Scott, but I think that we found the answer is that comedy is still there. It's just not where it used to be for people our age. That's essentially what, what um, I was, that that was, I guess the point from, from my perspective. So I'm glad we, it's kind of sad considering it is how much time, how much time did us three specifically and Troy spend back in 2009 or 2010 quoting Anchorman to each other or Napoleon Dynamite or, or Hangover, Stepbrothers or, or Hangover yeah. or Stepbrothers. I remember Scott and our cousin Patrick uh, used to call each other Nighthawk and what was the other Dragon. one? Dragon. Dragon. Because that's, that was from Stepbrothers. And you know what we do now, though? We quote YouTube to each other or Bill Burr jokes. That's when we true. sit around in a circle, we just quote Bill Burr. What, That's true. What ridiculous thing he said this time. Or or 30-year-old movies. So, <laughs> <laughs> But like my buddy down here in Phoenix, Joe. What's up, Joe? I know you're probably not listening, but that's cool. Uh, I Kirk. He actually, him and I were talking about a Gus Johnson skit where he was... <laughs> throwing rocks around he like he was in his underwear in his house in oh, Michigan, yeah. and he was just like throwing and he would like try and throw a rock in the air and throw another rock to hit it and like because someone posted that and said this is what geologists are like and joe was <laughs> a geologist and so he was like he laughed at it but like we were talking about that years Dude, after seeing it have you seen his most his latest uh god's country no is it good oh my goodness it is so good i was gonna post it in the chat but i forgot i love, I love his god's country i like his dad ones too and it, the dad that gets forgotten like in the mm-hmm. pools and stuff that's oh yeah he has another one of those too a, a, a recent one nice so check out gus johnson on on uh on youtube everyone you'll you won't be or pros he's, he's the or video yeah, game Gu- gus johnson or... is the modern chris farley He's fantastic. That's a big shoes to fill. Uh, I mean, think about it though. But he kills me. Gus Johnson, dude, even his old stuff, the his thing about the business, like, oh, I work in the business. I work oh in, the bi- in the industry. La- in the industry. In the industry. <laughs> I I feel like I think LaCroix tastes sweeter than soda. <laughs> Barbara, uh, I'm not taking that project the project this is also great radio quoting Mm -hmm. videos to each other well and this is it like we were talking about we're not 15 minutes ago this is what we are nostalgic for we want to do this again yep exactly well that that and and like the the good comedy the the zeitgeist comedy is stuff that you quote with your friends for Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. how weird is that that it's turned into youtube stuff I mean, it's, it's not honestly it's, weird, it's not surprising yeah that was when i and when i, I because it. it's it's like skits on youtube that would have been on <clears throat> snl 20 30 years ago right right i just i uh, i just know when i first found youtube it was for sports highlights and pirated tv shows yeah i just watch cat videos all day long <laughs> and now like it's a it's a whole industry Dude, the, and so there's like speaking there's, of a studio screwing its it, the 
the content creators youtube is worse than disney or anyone else dude you, yeah that they have an insurmountable task youtube it, it they're they're what, what's the the um the guy that rolls a, a, a boulder up the hill oh Sisyphus. That, that, that's what they have against them like they'll, they'll never make everyone happy they the, have the weird thing too is every single youtube channel i watch Every single one, they all say, "Well, the algorithm screws me, and I it doesn't show, I know. It doesn't show me I, notifications." And and I'm like, "I, I roll my really eyes so hard." You? Like every single one of you. Well, that's, I know. I, that's I roll the... my eyes so hard at that because, like, I literally got to this video because it was in my feed. So don't even go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think it's funny how every single one of the most popular YouTubers out there complain mm-hmm. about YouTube, and and I. I, I want to know, are they out of line or is YouTube just not listening to their best cr- content? I mean, creator? they're out like, of line the same way Facebook is out of line. Like it's, it's already too big and it can't be fixed now. You well, that, I mean? that, and it's like, the, I think the big complaint is like, if you, if someone subscribes to your channel, the, the implication is that they, it, when a new post goes out, they will be notified. If Unless you're shadow banned, right? which happens. W- yeah and that's and that's the the thing is but but even like like channels like philip defranco who's who's pretty he's kind of woke kind of whatever but like even he now he's broke because it's it's typically like like more right-leaning or or anti-woke channels they get these shadow bands but but even even the non like the the more mainstream ones complain about it so Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's just like part of the that's it's the Sisyphus thing. Like they they have way too much to handle. Because if someone's you, if if someone subscribed to a hundred different channels, they can't get a, like a hundred three hundred notifications a week. Like yeah. it just can't happen. So like they they have an issue that I don't think they can solve. And like even me as a viewer, I feel like I almost feel guilty sometimes. Like oh, I gotta help. I gotta like and subscribe. But then yeah. I look at like my liked videos and I'm like, dude, there's like 8,000 liked videos just being stored. And I, I even wonder like when I die, they're going to go through my liked videos on YouTube. I worry about that with Twitter. <laughs> don't, don't look at my liked tweets. And I'm like, no, I'm like, these, they mean nothing to me. I'm just, I'm just like trying to do my part and help. But like after a while, I'm like, this is silly. Like, like no, either it, it, there's, YouTube there's needs of- to fix it or you, I mean, they're, and that's the thing too is they're like, oh, there's Patreon, you can get, make money that way. But then that's like, YouTube is not YouTube is a restaurant, and the the customers are tipping, you know, their yeah. their content creators. So that now they don't have to pay them anymore. That's kind of the way they're viewing it. Oh, yeah. And the other problem with Patreon is like, I only kind of have a budget for two or three creators that I can like give money to every month so yeah can't do it to everybody sorry i'm even subscribed to a patreon too that i'm thinking of unsubscribing because all he does is whine about youtube algorithms yep like it drives me crazy this is a weird tangent we just went on but yeah clearly this is where comedy now is and content is that appeals to us Mm -hmm. not so much in the theaters which is sad, but I, th- I think it. I think it. it it's got to be like a, a pendulum that it, it'll swing back. Let's I hope know. so. I hope yeah. so. 
and, and that and that's like it's impossible to predict like if it will happen or the timing of it, of if it does but uh, it, it has to maybe anyway that i'm thanks for uh indulging the conversation even though you didn't know where what the point of it was <laughs> i think uh I, i'm kind of glad where we where we left where we left it so yeah that was good me too cool man it was definitely good and i very much enjoyed that and like it it made it like i'm thinking now and because i've i've had that thought like where is comedy going and now i know yeah Yeah. so if only everybody would just listen to us and subscribe to our patreon even though we just whined about it yes and then you can play a text D game with us directly exactly could you imagine how awesome you can if you, if you pay you. a small fee you can be our friend <laughs> by the way doesn't troy owe us his fee for being his friend probably oh, well that's why he's not here he's not here is he didn't he? pay <laughs> he's in the hole all right we're uh losing steam here it's getting late Jake, it's getting a little late all right well thank you all for listening it's been so much fun i actually uh, honestly guys i'm so happy to be back yeah, and doing this it. again i was I, I i was so so listening to the last episode was so hard for me because wait was it hard because because we were just off the wall and said some crazy stupid things or was it hard that you because you didn't you couldn't stop us from doing it? It, <laughs> it, was, it was hard because I would hear something and I'd be like, I have something to interject. And I would be like, I was in my car, like screaming at the windshield, like interjecting. You Chris, you idiot. No, I was like, what do you say? No, this is. And uh, so it's so nice to be back and to be talking again. I can't wait till I can do it and have everybody here with Troy back and everything as well. That would be that's going to be awesome. I hope Troy's inv- enjoying his vacation because he better be because he it, he ditched out on us to be with his family and but, I'm appalled. Wow, yeah. Lord have mercy, that guy. If anyone deserves a vacation, it's him. Yes, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure of, he could use it. Out of everyone with in the Cold Bow podcast, I think Troy had the worst COVID experience, the worst 2020 experience, whatever you want to say. Yeah, and he absolutely 100% deserves the vacation he's on. So I really hope you're enjoying your vacation, Troy. We love you, Troy. All right. Um, is there any other things, anything else that we should say? Anybody else want? to say something um i can't I feel think like of you're anything. fishing for something no, we love you jake you're, you're awesome i don't know oh man see you guys are so kind you, you really <laughs> shouldn't it's just too much um if nothing else then go to our patreon page show us your love see see how show us how much you love us and how much you want to play dungeons and dragons with us and um Otherwise, get on social media and let us know on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or wherever you want to find us. Uh, let us know what you want uh, to hear about. Let us know um, if we're off base with any of the things that we've said, because that's well, we probably are. I, I'm, I, I'm not a very intelligent person, so I'm guessing that I don't have I'm a hard stance off. on anything we talked about today. So if you want to tell me I have a soft stance, I know. I know. <laughs> And if that's 
it, then we love you and we'll see you next time. And thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.